Ciao, amici. Welcome to Cinema Italiano, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today, we'll be talking about Abel Ferrara's 2019 film, Tommaso. This episode will be something of a milestone for this podcast. It'll be our first episode for a film made by a non-Italian director. However, it's still an Italian production, filmed in Italy, and is primarily spoken in Italian, so it still feels within the realm of what's considered Cinema Italiano. First, as a couple news updates. This week, the Cineteca di Bologna is hosting Il Cinema Ritrovato, a film festival focused on restored and undiscovered films to help bring them to the surface, help them find an audience, um, and just to celebrate love of cinema. This is a festival where a lot of restorations premiere, often ones that have been done by the Cineteca di Bologna itself. Some of this year's restorations of Italian films include Acatone, the first film by Pier Paolo Pasolini, Variety Lights, the first film co-directed by Federico Fellini, also with Alberto Latuada, as well as many more. I might do a separate episode on the on Il Cinema Ritrovato, so I don't want to get too into it. Um, but something just to call out for right now, um, as of recording time, August 29th, 2020, due to COVID-19 and how difficult it is for people to travel, um, Il Cinema Ritrovato is hosting a streaming version of the film festival where a selection of the films are available for streaming. Um, it's been fun to keep up with, albeit a little stressful, the films are typically available for about 24 hours after their programming time in Bologna. Um, so living in the United States, it's a little bit of a scramble to try to squeeze in films in such a short time when they premiere while Americans are all asleep. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's a way to keep up with what's going on at the film festival from across the ocean. Um, the festival's wrapping up in a couple of days, but I would honestly love for this trend to continue. It's a great way to be a part of the scene and what's going on without, you know, the stress or risk inherent to traveling right now. Another very exciting news item is a couple of weeks ago, Criterion Collection announced that they will be re- that they will be releasing a 15 disc a 15 disc box set celebrating the films of Federico Fellini. The set will be called Essential Fellini, and it's coming out around Thanksgiving this November. Um, it will feature 14 feature films. Variety Lights, The White Sheik, I Vidaloni, La Strada, Il Bidone, Knights of Cabiria, La Dolce Vida, Eight and a Half, Juliet of the Spirits, Fellini Satiricon, Roma, Amarcord, and The Ship Sails On, and Intervista. Oh, that's kind of a mouthful. Um, super excited to have this set, of course. Um, most of these films will feature brand new restorations. Um, this will be the first time several of them have come to Blu-ray in the United States. Um, Intervista is a blind spot for me. I've never seen, I haven't seen that one yet. The only way it possibly could have been better is if it had all of Fellini's films, but several of them are available on Blu-ray from other distributors, um, such as The Voice of the Moon, um, orchestra rehearsal. Um, some of them are available on digital as well. Ginger and Fred is on sale on iTunes like all the time. So even though you'll kind of, if you want to complete your Fellini collection, you'll have to kind of pick and choose across different sources. But getting this one set will get you most of the way there. 
super excited for this release. It feels like every year Criterion has a special birthday present just for me, and this is my birthday present for the next decade. Super excited for this one. And now switching gears to today's film, Abel Ferrara's Tommaso. The description from Kino Lorber's website reads, Abel Ferrara's first dramatic feature since 2014's Pasolini reteams the filmmaker and his frequent lead Willem Dafoe, who delivers a career-best performance as the title character, an older American expat living in Rome with his young wife and their daughter. Disoriented by his past misgivings and subsequent unexpected blows to his self-esteem, Tommaso wades through this late chapter of his life with an increasingly impaired grasp on reality as he prepares for his next film. Tommaso is easily Ferrara and Defoe's most personal and engrossing collaboration to date, a delicately surrealist work of autofiction marked by the keen sensitivity of two consummate artists. This is kind of an interesting film to get into because it's not particularly narrative-based. It unfolds more by observing routines and how do those routines change subtly throughout the course of the film. Um, like the description says, we follow a character named Tommaso, played by Willem Dafoe, who's an American film director living in Rome with his Moldavian wife and their daughter together. And the film follows him as he goes through his day-to-day life, his relationship at home in his apartment with his family, and then when he goes out in public and engages with the community. Some of the ways this manifests is through his Italian lessons, one-on-one with his teacher. When he goes out to the market, into the cafe, he seems to know the servers, the employees, the owners. He's also an acting coach. He has a class of maybe 10 to 20 students. He seems to genuinely care for them and be a good teacher to them. But probably the deepest connection he seems to have is with a meeting group he attends. We learn throughout the film that he's a former drug addict and he's in a meeting group with others who have been struggling with addiction, who are now sober, and they come together to share their experiences, check in on one another. And it's with this, out of all the facets of his life, it's with this group that he seems to be the most vulnerable and seems to find the most connection. To be honest, he seems to find connection most everywhere he goes, except for with his own family. It's hard to tell if this is something that had always been brewing, or if it was somehow triggered or brought into motion due to events early on in the film. We get a scene where Tommaso and his young daughter, Didi, are in the park. And while they're playing together on the playground, across the way, Tommaso sees his wife, Nikki, kissing another man. The scene is very intense and heightened. There's a camera close up on his gaze. We hear the sounds of bugs buzzing overhead. Um, It's a very striking moment as he sees his wife with another man that sets off a chain of jealousy, paranoia, fantasies, and delusions that continue to carry out throughout the rest of the film. After this sequence occurs, we see what I'm assuming are fantasy sequences of Tommaso with other women through the routines he experiences. The server at his cafe, one of his students, and even in real life, 
there's a scene where it feels like he's trying to pick up someone from his meeting group and he even has an encounter with one of his acting students um, the central marriage in this film between Tommaso and Nikki feels incredibly strained and disconnected. There are occasional moments of happiness or intimacy, but they're cut short for one reason or another. Maybe their daughter's crying out for them, interrupting an intimate moment. Later in the film, there's a scene where Tommaso calls Nikki's mother because he's been unable to reach her on the phone. Um, Nikki says that she missed his calls because her phone died, and Tommaso flips out, calls her a child like he needs to take care of her. When Nikki does return, and Tommaso's been waiting for her, she goes ahead and eats in the kitchen without letting him know, which also sets him off. She seems exasperated and says she just wants the freedom to do what she wants, eat when she wants, without having to explain anything to anyone. These moments are definitely strained and tense, but they also, at least for me, kind of created some moments of introspection as well. It's easy to feel for Tommaso in his sense of frustration or feeling like he's not being considered or taken for granted. But some of the things he says go just a bit too far in a borderline toxic way, where he he tells Nikki he wants so badly to be her provider and to take care of her. And her being independent and eating when she wants somehow signals to Tommaso like he can't take care of her. And that paternal role being taken away is what sets him off. When he doesn't feel the role of the provider is when his insecurities seem to bubble to the surface. And then, as we see throughout the film, it's after these moments of frustration and feeling almost impotent as a husband, as a father, after these moments come his fantasies or delusions of being able to reclaim his role as a provider. Um, late in the film, there's a scene where Nikki rejects his advance. They're having a romantic moment, and Nikki rejects his advances. And then we suddenly cut to a scene of Tommaso outside in a park. It's dark, so it's hard to tell. Sitting at a campfire with a group of men we have never seen before throughout the film, speaking another language that is not Italian and not English. As they're chatting with one another, he claps, Tommaso claps his hands. They stop speaking. And then he literally pulls his heart out and offers it to them. He says, take this, it's all I have. He hand passes it to the man next to him, and then they each one by one pass Tommaso's heart around, and then it returns back to Tommaso. So immediately after a scene, when he is rejected romantically by Nikki, the person he is married to, he is handing his heart to strangers, to anyone who will take it. But even as he's offering it it's passed around and comes back to him no one wants it and these moments of surrealism could be reflecting artistic expression or Tommaso's role as a filmmaker and storyteller throughout the movie we catch glimpses of the film that he's working on 
typically writing on his laptop, but sometimes we'll also see rough storyboards or reference images of what he's piecing together for the story he wants to tell. We know that it's set in a snowy landscape with Eskimos, as well as a Russian mother and daughter, possibly versions of Nikki and her mother, or Nikki and their daughter Didi. And within the script, Tomazo writes a monologue for his protagonist, Am I myself or someone else? Inside or outside me? This is the very thing I would love to know, but don't. This statement is really profound because the sense of self-identity and finding community permeates throughout the whole film. Tommaso almost always feels like an outsider, even, even with those who he has a friendly relationship with, such as in the cafe, the market with his Italian teacher. He is always a foreigner. He's always practicing his Italian. He doesn't 100% fit in. The place where he does fit in is with his meeting group with former addicts and where he seems to have the deepest connection. Out of Who Speaks, everyone there seems to be primarily English speakers. The accents we hear are American, English, Australian, um, not Italian. So it could be not only does he have this kinship with people with whom he has this shared experience with of being a former addict, but these people are all presumably not from Italy. And through one another, stacking on these commonalities, their past struggles, being a foreigner, being English-speaking, this could be where they find their home together. And in addition to the heart sequence earlier, there are several moments when Tommaso seems to exhibit almost superhuman abilities. In an earlier scene, likely a dream, um, we see Tommaso handcuffed, escorted away, where he's interrogated by an unknown man. The accuser says Tommaso was making speeches in the piazza. The dialogue is a little stilted and hard to make sense of, but Tommaso seems to be able to read his captor's mind. The interrogator asks Tommaso, how did you know I wanted to pet my dog? Tommaso replies that he could sense the way, says that he could sense what the accuser was thinking by the way he moved his lips and through his gestures and body language, and Tommaso is set free. The sequence is a little murky, so again, it's difficult to make sense of, but Tommaso somehow has these abilities that supersede reason and logic. And then at the very end of the film, in some of the final moments, we see Tommaso chained up to a pole outside of a metro station as if he's on the cross, his arms outstretched, and there's a man on either side of him. You know, of course, creating a parallel with the image of Christ crucified. Are we to take this as Tommaso seeing himself in Christ's image, giving himself to the world or as a martyr to the world, um, similar to him offering his heart up to the group of men earlier? Or are these sequences meant to be taken as delusions of his superhuman abilities, whether they come from his 
identity as an artist, a filmmaker, a creator, someone who makes something for the world to witness and experience? Or is it coming from more of a personal place? Does he see himself as superhuman as a man or as a father in relation to his family? Or could this all be some perverted result of being a foreigner in a foreign land and he's trying to cling to any fantasies of power or or greater ability that he can grasp no matter how irrational and fantastical leaps they may be there's certainly a lot at play in tomazo and perhaps we can take it as autobiographical it's a film about a filmmaker the family situation is very similar to abel ferrara's though I certainly hope it's not too autobiographical, given the violent ending and the feelings of alienation that seem to pervade throughout the whole film. Um, It's a very provocative way of showing how feelings of isolation and alienation can evolve into hysteria and self-destruction. What I kept thinking of throughout the film was how it reminded me of Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut as another film where a husband is paranoid that his wife is having an affair and this thought and anxiety is what sets him off onto this journey of paranoia and self-destruction. Two feel-good movies together would make a very depressing double feature. Uh, But if you like Tomazo, or if you like Eyes Wide Shut, the other might be a good one to check out as well. Tomazo is available from Kino Lorber and coming to Blu-ray on September 15th, 2020. Um, As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you don't follow yet, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe or rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you're listening. It helps people discover the show. Um, The more subscriptions or ratings that we get, um, so really appreciate it. And until next time, ciao amici.